Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. I want to welcome you to City Hope this morning, and I just want to thank you for being here. You know, I was thinking about it as we were singing today. What's some, just some, some amazing song? Can we just give our worship team a little bit of thanks for, for leading us? Daggone. Ava, man, you are good, girl. Um, but uh, I, I just love, I love those songs, and, and something that, that I was just thinking about as we were singing, I love that for some of you, maybe that was the first time you've ever sang that song, and maybe just God spoke to your heart, and I'm just so, so, so thankful that you decided to be here in the room today. Like, like you could have had so many different choices, you know, Shira's talking about the ocean and the pool and all, like you could have been anywhere today. But I am so, so, so grateful because your presence matters. It really, really does. And so uh, we're, we're super thankful that you're here. We're in part two of a series that we started a, a few weeks ago called Anti-Heroes. And we're, we're just taking some looks at these flawed biblical characters that you and I can probably relate to, right? A lot of times we think the Bible is just full of these holier-than-thou people, these varsity Christians, right? But, but we're looking at these flawed people that we can look at and we can learn from. So today I want to start a little bit different. I want to ask you a question, all right? And, it, and it's a tough question. I want you to just think about it. Don't blurt out your answer, okay? Uh, um, is it ever okay to lie? Is it ever okay to lie? Now, I know right now, you're, some of you, you're, you're spinning, right? And you're immediately like... Yes. Yeah, I like, yes, there are sometimes there's I, I, I get it. Right. And then others of you in the room, you're like, Mm-mm, no, sir, no lying. The truth shall set you free. No matter what, you should not lie. Right. So some of you immediately went one way or the other. Maybe some of you can be convinced. All right. And so so I want to start out with this question. But now I want to read you this story and and, and today's story of of an anti-hero, I think, will help us answer that initial question. In May of 1940, the forces of Nazi Germany swept through the Netherlands and occupied Amsterdam. Among the many affected and trapped behind many uh, enemy lines, one deeply devoted family stands out from the rest. Living above a workshop, a Dutch watchmaker and his family served their community in spite of his occupation. They provided food, shelter, and money to those who needed it the most. Following the death of her mother, the youngest child, Cornelia, decides to follow in her father's footsteps and become the first female watchmaker in the country at the age of 30. Corey, as she liked to be called, launches an organization for teenage girls to learn skills in fine arts, and she sees her pursuits simply as a means to live out her faith and glorify God. When the Nazis began arresting all those who oppressed or opposed them, fear spread about and Corey is forced to decide what she will do. Will she live a lie and stand by and watch an innocent people dragged away, never to be seen again? Or will she begin telling lies and stand up for what she believes in and help rescue those who suffer and die if she does not? She had a decision to make. 
Now, most of us will never probably face any type of life-threatening decision like that. But, you know, we all make smaller choices every single day. We decide, is it okay for me to tell this little lies or should I tell the truth? And, and, and oftentimes, listen to me, I want you to hear this today because this is where we're going to kind of jump off from. We often allow yesterday's failures and flaws to affect our today. So many of us in this room, we allow the decisions we made yesterday, last week, last year, we allow those failures and flaws to affect today. And that's why we wanted to do this series, because the, the, the Bible gives us so many people. We find story after story after story of antiheroes just like us, people who made mistakes, but were still used by God in great ways. Now, that gives me hope. That gives me a little bit of, okay, um, I got this, right? Because I don't know your, your idea when you walked in here today. Maybe your idea of church is that, man, it's just a room full of people who all got it figured out, right? Maybe you're like, ah, oh, I wish I could be more like them. But the reality is if you came to City Hope today looking for any type of perfection, you're only going to find it in Jesus, all right? We are all flawed people. If, if the screen, if the, uh, 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 you know, a play came on about my life and we started watching it, I'm leaving and you'll never see me again, okay? It, it, it's, it's, we, we all have flaws, but I believe this, and this is kind of our motto for this series, is that you don't have to hide behind a mask because your worst moments don't define you. You don't have to fake it until you make it. Each of us in here today can live a life filled with Jesus, filled with purpose. That's what we all want, right? That's what we all need is purpose. Each of us can live that kind of life if we stop trying to hide and we stop trying to look perfect. So I'm excited about today. So if you brought your Bible, go to Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter number one. We're going to bounce around a little bit. Um, it'll be here on the screen here in just a, a moment. We'll get to it. But, but Joshua, let me give you just a little bit of context. Joshua is his account of the history of Israel. All right. Israel is God's chosen people. God chose this entire group of people. He says, you are my team. I got your back. And then he oftentimes would give them instructions on what to do, how to live their lives. But in Joshua, we come across this, this origin of our, of an anti-hero. All right. And so Joshua is simply named after Joshua, the guy who God chose to lead Israel during this time. OK, so it, it, whether you grew up in church or not, you've probably heard of Moses. Right. Moses was the leader of Israel. And then when Moses died, he had an assistant named Joshua. And so Joshua was then placed as the captain of the ship. All right. His job, Joshua's job, was to bring Israel, God's people, into the promised land, right? So for years and years and years and years, God had been promising the Israelites, here's where you're going to go, I'm going to give you this, and they're kind of just waiting on this promise to happen, okay? He told it to Moses, Moses told it to the people, now everybody's sitting and waiting. In Joshua, we see that, that we see a lot of uh, recounting of the actions that took place, right? That, that fulfilled God's promise. And so God, uh, God's people, a lot of them were, were uh, waiting on that promise. OK, and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. And some of them didn't get to see it. 
Some of them didn't get to experience it. But we read in Joshua how many of them get to experience God's promise. So if you found that, let's stand with me and honor the reading of God's word. We're going to bounce around a little bit. All right. So so get ready to to move your fingers. But Joshua chapter one, we'll we'll see how the, the first six verses start this off. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, and Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over to Jordan, the Jordan, to the land I am giving you. I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness of the Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. Verse five, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you. I will not abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to the ancestors to give them as an inheritance. All right, so, so stay with me. Joshua's given the green light, right? He's like, he's like, all right, God, God says, I promised Moses the land, but Joshua, here you go. It's time for you guys to go, all right? Now flip over to chapter two. Flip over to chapter two. Look, look what happens. Joshua, son of Nun, verse one, secretly sent two spies to, from the Acacia Grove saying, go and scout out the land, especially Jericho. So, so here's the strategy, right? God gives them the command. Now, now here's, here's Joshua's strategy. We're going to send two spies. So they left and they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and they stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelite men have come here tonight to investigate the land. Then the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab and said, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house for they came to investigate the entire land. Verse four, but the woman had taken the two men and hid them. Sound kind of familiar to that first story we just read? So she said, yes, the men did come to me, but I don't know where they were from. Skip down a few verses to verse number eight. Before the men fell asleep, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know the Lord has given you this land and the terror has fallen on us. Everyone who lives in this land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water in the Red Sea before when you came out of Egypt. And when you did in Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart. Everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is in heaven above and on earth below. Now please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I showed kindness to you. Give me a sign that you will spare the lives of my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters, and all who belong to them. And please save us from death. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would use this story today. God, just speak to our hearts. You know what we've brought into this room this morning. The things that are on our mind, the struggles we got going on that no one else knows about. Lord, I know that there's feelings of, of fear and anxiety and struggle and, and unworthiness in this room right now, God. And I pray that you would use this story of Rahab to, to light a fire under us, to challenge us to walk out into this world and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
So, the, with, the, with the blessings and promises from God, all right, Joshua now has all of this, and, and he points his people toward Jericho. He says, here we go. We're going to go do this. Now, just as we read, he starts his, this strategic military event, right? He sends two spies over, and he's gonna, he, he wants them to check out the enemies, all right? Let's figure out what's going on. Now, during this covert operation, Right. The two spies, the Bible immediately says they go to a woman's house and we meet our anti-hero Rahab, the prostitute. Now, I want you to just think about Rahab's name. Maybe some of you heard Rahab the harlot, but Rahab the prostitute. It almost sounds like a, a, a logo, right? It almost sounds like what team she's on. And, and it's really unfortunate because her unlikely story unfolds before we ever met her, right? We don't know why they call her that. We just were introduced to her as Rahab the, the, the prostitute. Now, now, we hear that part and automatically we go like, oh man, her reputation it wasn't very good, right? If they're going to call her that in the Bible, it probably wasn't very good. But what we're going to see is that Rahab's name gets elevated. Rahab name, Rahab's name uh, is part of something that brings down a very corrupt place. Now, real quick, again, just a little context. Jericho was one of the most evil places on earth. They were known of sacrificing children, celebrating sexual immorality. They would proudly defy God Almighty. They would, they would do all the things. Now, I want you to hear this for a second because this is, you do a little bit of study on Jericho. This is the place that, that, the, that Joshua and his men were headed, okay? It, a, a lot of archaeologists believe that Jericho, most of you probably heard, it had a wall all the way around it, right? But after some excavation and, and seeing uh, uh, what was really there, many scholars believe that there was actually two walls, there were actually two walls. So, so one of the, the, the first wall, as the enemy would come in, they would, they would go over the first wall, which was said to be about 23 feet high in the air. And, and after the first wall, what they would do is they would find themselves down in a pit looking up at another wall. And this is how Jericho was so successful. It's one of the oldest cities that, that we know of. This is how they were so successful at fending off all the enemies. Because once that first wall got taken over, there was still another wall to go. And they would stay up top and they would, you know, throw stuff, shoot air. I don't know how they kill each other. Like throw rocks at each other. Whatever they would do back then. They didn't have any guns, right? But this is, this is the, 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 this is the enemy that Joshua was, was sending the spies into, these wicked, evil people. Okay? And, and these are the type, this was the circumstances that Rahab now found herself right in the middle of. So Jericho on one side, they were, they were confident, right? Nothing can stand against our walls. We're going to be able to take care of these people. And Joshua was on the other side saying, God promised it, so we're just going to follow through. We're going to see what we can do. Now Rahab sits right in the middle of this story with a choice. She had a choice, right? She could play it safe and she could side with Jericho. She could side with the evil and, and she probably could have just stayed at home and, 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 and just not been under attack. And she could have just... You know, oh, I'm not going to worry about these spies. I'm not going to worry about these, these God people. Or she had the choice where she, she heard about the Israelites, right? That's what, that's what Joshua says. She heard about all that God had been doing. And so she, she had the choice, do I side with God and his character and his promises? 
So the spies come over to Jericho and Rahab lets them in their house, her house. And not only did she let them in her house, but she hid them and then she lied for them. She hid these men and then she lied for them. Now, now stop with me and think about this just for a second. We're introduced to this lady, Rahab, the prostitute. Why in the world would she lie for these spies that she has no idea who they are? What would, what would, can, why would she do that? Why would she, she, she take this crazy chance? She knows if she gets caught in this evil place that she lives, lives in, something really bad's going to happen to her. Why would she do that? And here's what I believe. Here's what I believe, and I think we're going to be able to see this in God's word today. Rahab's faith in God is stronger than any faith in the walls of Jericho. Rahab's faith in God is stronger than any faith in the walls of Jericho. Now, I want to show you guys something today, and I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to this stuff, so you might not be as excited as I am. But when I, when I realized this this week, it, it, it just blew my mind, Okay. This story, Josh, was in the Old Testament, right? Many, 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 many years ago. Well, then we also have the New Testament written by many different authors, okay? Well, there's two different places in the New Testament that talk about specifically the faith of Rahab the prostitute, okay? So, so Old Testament story, these New Testament writers are talking about how much faith this lady had. One of them is in James, but another one's in Hebrews, okay? Hebrews chapter 11. And, and let me just share a little bit about Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is one of these chapters where the author is like given this list of like the Hall of Fame Christians, right? These are the Christians that made a really, really, really big difference. And I want to I go through some of these. Caleb, we're going to go through these fast. Go Go to 11.7. Uh, I want you guys to see this. Look at verse 7. This is, look at a couple first words here, all right? By faith, Noah. Everybody remember what Noah did? Noah and the ark. Okay, by faith, Noah. Go to the next one. I, I just want you to see this. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed, set out for a place. So we got Moses. We got Abraham. Who's next? We got... By faith, Sarah, everybody remember who Sarah is? God told her she, was, or, or she wasn't able to have a baby. God told her she was able to have a baby. She received power. To receive. So here, here's Moses, Sarah, Abraham. Who's next? By faith, Joseph. Joseph, nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of all there is, gave instruction. I mean, one of the heroes of the faith, right? Let's keep going. By faith, Moses. There's Moses again. One more. By faith, the prostitute Rahab. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. The writer of Hebrews gives us this, this Mount Rushmore of Christians. And we find Rahab, the prostitute, right in the middle. In this context of these verses, I mean, she, she's listed here with the best of the best. She's listed here with, with those. But did you catch how each one of those verses start? If you look at, look, at, look at the whole chapter 11, by faith. How is this possible? How can somebody that we know their name is negative, we know their background, we know that she did a lot of things that she shouldn't have, how in the world is she listed on the all-star list in the Hall of Fame? How is that possible? 
And here's what I believe in the, in the promise that I think we can trust in today is that God specializes in using broken people who turn to him. I just want that to sit over you for a second. Because some of you, that's you today. Some of you, that's you. That's, that's really hard for you to grab. That's really hard for you to go, man, yeah, that's me. But God specializes in using broken people who turn to him. Rahab's faith is not, listen to me, Rahab's faith is not in the men that she helped, right? Her faith wasn't in the spies, but it was in the God that they serve. And some of us, like, like, just think about today, if this was the story, right? And, and someone walked in here, and, and, and we knew their background. Rahab the prostitute walked in today, and we're like, no, we can't, we can't have you lead anything because uh, we haven't heard that you gave a lengthy confession of all that you did wrong. Oh, wait a minute. Did you really repent for all that you did? Like, we got to make sure everything is, is good. And we don't read of, of Rahab's confession. We don't read of Rahab's uh, uh, repentance. Maybe she did this. But what we do read of is Rahab's faith. Look at Joshua 2.11. It says this, For the Lord your God, this is Rahab speaking, is God in heaven above and on earth below. This is what she's telling these men. For the Lord your God, he's the God of heaven and he's the God on earth. So how about you today, church? Despite your past doubts, despite your past disobedience, have you confessed your faith in God? Do you have this kind of faith that, that we see in Rahab? For the sake of time, we don't have time to go through it, but for the next four chapters, Joshua doesn't really talk much more about what Rahab's life was like, right? As she, these spies came and they left, she, we don't know, did she, did she pace around, right? Did she, was she so worried? Did she, was she full of anxiety? Did she prepare? We don't know. The story goes on that, and, and most of you know this, the, the Israelites, they begin to surround the walls of Jericho. Can you just imagine Rahab sitting inside of her house when, when the Israelites started circling, when, they, when she saw them? Was she, what, did she start feeling doubt? Did she start going, oh no, did I do the right thing? Regardless, nothing was going to prepare her for what happened next. Nothing was going to prepare her for what God was getting ready to do. So Joshua and all of his men and the Israelites, they were there. They've surrounded this evil, evil place. And I want you to see this, okay? This, this very strong army that these guys are going up against, that they've been living in the wilderness, Israelites and Joshua, and they're going up against this strong army, but Joshua's team showed up. They were obedient to what God called. They had their own steps of faith. Rahab her, had her steps. Joshua and his men had her steps. Look what, look what happens on uh, the seventh day. Joshua chapter 6. They started at dawn and they marched around the city seven times in the same way. That was the only day they marched around the city seven times. After the seventh time, the, the priest blew the ram's horn. Joshua said to the troops, shout, for the Lord has given you this city. 
but the city and everything in it are set apart to the Lord for destruction. He's like, all right, listen, army, we're tearing it all down. Burn it to the ground. And then look at this last sentence. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and everyone with her in her house will live because she hid the messengers we sent. Wow. Everything else gets burned down. Because there were some men and women in Joshua's army that took a step of faith. They took a step of obedience. This is what God was calling us to. So we start circling and just imagine how they felt, right? Man, this is weird. Why are we just walking around a wall? What's going to happen? But they, they were obedient to what God did. Rahab inside. Maybe she was doubting. Maybe she was praying. Maybe she was preparing. I don't know. But what we see is that God's faithfulness is greater than any walls of doubt or disobedience standing in our way. God's faithfulness is greater than any wall of doubt that you have in this room today. And Rahab's, listen to me, Rahab's faith, her faith in who God was and her obedience, it saved her and her family. I want you to see this. Like it saved her entire family. The Bible says Joshua told the people, don't touch Rahab. Anybody in her house, they're good. Why? Because Rahab had faith and she had obedience. Let me ask you this question today, church. You guys know I like asking tough questions. What could one simple act of obedience do for you and your family? What could one simple act of obedience do for you and your family? Rahab took just one step and she was rewarded. Her family was saved. But not only was her family saved, her name, Rahab, is now written into history with, with some of the most Hall of Fame Christians there ever were. Why? Because of her faith. So, so it begs the question, does your belief in God guide your actions? Does your belief in who God is and who the Bible says he is, does your belief in God's promises guide your actions? Does your convictions about who he is and what he's done, does it, does it push you to, to defy the opinions of the people around you? Are you so convicted? Like, hey, this may cost me something, but, but I'm going to take this step. I'm going to be obedient. Because a lot of the times in our life, living for the Lord requires sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. So today, I want to give you just one takeaway. I want to give you one takeaway. And that takeaway is this. Take a small step of faith anyway. Take a small step of faith anyway. Some of you in here today, you say, man, I've never done anything like this before. Take a small step of faith anyway. Others, you, others of you have said, man, I've taken steps before. Take a small step of faith anyway. Some of you say, I'm afraid. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to screw it up. Take a small step of faith anyway. 
Bobby, you don't know my past. You don't know what I've done. Take a small step of faith anyway. Following God's will can lead us right through the heart of our fears. Following the steps that God has called us to take. Despite any fears that Rahab may have had, I want you to see this. She, she, she lets us know. She believed that God parted the Red Sea. She believed that God could tear down the walls of Jericho right in front of her. And her obedience is what proved it. Following God's will, just like Rahab does, it starts with one single step of obedience. When the knock came on the door and the spies rolled up to Rahab's house, she had a choice to make in that moment. She had a choice to take a step. Do I trust God and do I act in faith? So what's that for you? What's that for you today? What's that small step of faith that God's calling you to? What's that small step of obedience that God wants you to take in your life. And once you figure that out, kind of part B to that question is what's holding you back? What's keeping you from taking that step? As we close today, I want to look back and finish out a little bit of this story about Corey. At 12.30 p.m. on February 28th, the Nazis stormed into the home of Corey and her sister Betsy and arrested them. What was their crime? Helping Jewish families escape and hiding the Dutch resistance. When the Nazis did not know, what the Nazis did not know at the time of the arrest, that there was a group of six hiding in the house. And later they managed to escape despite the capture of Corey and her sister. At her trial, the Nazi lieutenant mocked Corey for working with people with mental disabilities, to which she replied that in the eyes of God, a mentally disabled person might be more valuable than a watchmaker or even a lieutenant. Corey Ten Boom and her collaborators saved the lives of over 800 Jews before her arrest. When later asked in her life about what she accomplished, she said this. My job was to simply follow his leading one step at a time, holding every decision up to him in prayer. Look at that. We read the story of Rahab the prostitute, and she took a step. And then we have, we have history makers like Corey Tinboom that we were able to read, read their stories. And, and she says, my job was to follow his leading one step at a time. Church, we are all flawed and broken people. And just like Rahab's past became a story of God's grace and God's goodness and His mercy and His love and His power, your worst moments in life can be redefined as some of God's greatest triumphs. I want to tell you this today. Maybe you are the anti-hero that your home needs. Maybe you're the anti-hero that your job needs, that your uh, school needs, that your team needs, that your, your neighborhood needs. Maybe that's you. 
But here's what I want to make sure we don't walk out of here believing today. The worst lie is believing you've done too much wrong to be made right. And that you are not enough to make a difference. That's God's grace. Don't allow the enemy to defeat you, to, to confuse you, to distract you, believing that I've done too much wrong to be made right. That's not the God of the Bible. Don't let the enemy make you believe that you're not enough to make a difference. That's not the God of Rahab and of Moses and of Abraham. If God can use a prostitute and a watchmaker to make a difference, I promise you he can use me and you. A few weeks ago, we did a series on, on tithing and what all that means. And just, this is, this is the kind of stuff that, that really blows my mind. Just as Rahab's faith was born out of what she heard of who God is and all that God was, like our faith today is still inspired by the same God. Maybe this is your step. Like, like that just blows my mind. The, the same gospel, the same good news, the, the, the same God who helped Rahab out of, out of that pit that she was in is the same God calling some of you here today saying you're good enough because of my son Jesus. You're worthy because of my son Jesus. Step out and take a step today. Time where we're able to give back to you. Or Maybe you're hearing these words today and you realize you're not sure what you believe about Jesus. I believe that no matter what we've done, no matter where we come from, no matter what you've believed, just like Rahab, you can choose to take a small step of faith and believe today. Here's what I want to do. I want to ask you all over this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to, we're going to get out of here in just a moment. As they go and, and pass this, um, I want to give a Man, quick announcement today. it's been good to be here today. today I pray that you leave here encouraged and strengthened and challenged um, to go take a step of so obedience for, for your Lord today. But some of you in here today, you've never taken that step. You've never Coming given your life to ago. Jesus. Uh, July, I want I you to know you can do that today. Um, there was a group of about six families that... You can do that today. It's not some long, drawn-out process. Um, the Bible speaks very clearly that if you have and, faith uh, and you believe in your heart and you speak it with your mouth, the Bible says you will be saved. Never and that really means you can begin a relationship today. Now, here's what we've done. We've made this as easy as we can, but the ball is in your court, right? The ball's in your court. We can't make anybody make this decision. But what we have is on your way out, there's a tent out back and there's people there that have been praying for you and they're ready to talk with you and to share with you from God's word how you can have a relationship with Jesus, how that can start today. One of those families Stop by on the way out. In my house the ball's in your court. If God's calling you to take that step of faith today, be like Rahab and be obedient. And... Uh, Maybe you're here today and you, you have these feelings of unworthiness. You, man, it, it, it may not be Rahab the prostitute, but insert your name and the negative connotation that you feel that the enemy continues to throw up in you, right? I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of days where I'm Bobby the terrible husband, Bobby the awful father, Bobby the terrible speaker. Like, I, I fight that battle. And today, maybe God's speaking truth into your heart and he's saying, hey, if I can do it with Rahab, I can do it with you. And would you take a step of faith today? 
I'm just telling you. Bobby, right I'm now, scared. Take it anyways. City Hope Church is if God's calling you to your next step and you want someone just to pray with you. Their leadership, not just their leadership, but their servant attitude. Here in a moment when we close, I'll be up here so, in the front. We got people right out back ready and We've willing to talk really, with really you, to share with to you, to, to help you understand this how, next step when, that God you know, is calling you to. None of us have ever planted a church. My challenge to you today people, is this. Right? Like, what, what, who do you hire first? Right? Take a small step of faith anyway. Yeah, what do you need, right? And so we've just been praying. I've done it before. I've never done it. I don't know how to do it. Elders came together. Take a small step of faith anyways. Father, I pray that you would continue to use this message in our hearts as we go throughout this week. It's so hard for me to fathom that this woman that we... Identify as a prostitute. We got a two for one out of this deal. Okay. Can also be listed in the lineage of Jesus. <laughs> no, they can also the be listed as Shira one of the pioneers of Christianity. And I'm so so thankful. And the God that's does, it just makes my it's just a uh, showing of how great you are. City Hope Church, man. That when it's, we follow you, your grace so and your mercy so and your love and your goodness is there for a lot of Stephen. Most of you already do. You didn't even know. And for all of us here. in this room uh, that struggle but, with this but, uh, unworthiness, God, I pray that today we would sense you and feel you and know you, God. And, and just as we sung earlier, Lord, we just speak the name of Jesus over everybody in this room. Planning and or that we're planning. God, over those that that have struggled with their salvation, that have struggled with their eternity. God, I pray that today would be that day where they challenge themselves to take that step and they do it. I pray for everybody in this room who's struggling with hurting with with things in our life. I pray that you would give us a a step of faith this week that we can step out. It doesn't matter what the the consequences are. It doesn't matter what we have to sacrifice, God, that we would say yes to you. Hey, we love you. Have a great week. Same gospel, the same good news that saved Rahab and her family can do that to ours today. So, Lord, we give you honor today. We give you glory. We thank you for these wonderful, amazing stories. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.